Hey everybody, it's Antoine and Daniel from Humble Husband. Encouraging men through all seasons of life. Husbands, fathers, men, all of y'all out there listening right now. This is season two, episode eight of the Humble Husband Podcast, and we've got a great episode for you. We just came out of our two-parter series on stewardship, and we're excited to jump into this single episode about being single. He was not ready for that at all. That's hilarious. So yes, we're talking about being single. We call this the art of being single uh, because there's an art to it. And we're also going to talk about the gift that it is um, because a lot of times we don't see singleness as a gift. We kind of see it as a placeholder before marriage or we see it as, uh, you know, it sucks that we're not in a relationship and nobody loves me and I'm single. Uh, but God actually wants to use us in our singleness um, and some of us are called to that. Um, so I'm excited to dive into this today. When Daniel and I were first uh, talking about uh, the, the season two of this podcast, you know, talking about all the, all the topics we wanted to cover, this is one of the first ones we mentioned because we realized, you know, a lot of people talk about marriages, they talk about being engaged, they talk about being boyfriend and girlfriend, purity, you know, abstinence, celibacy, all those words that we hear, but we rarely ever talk about God calling people to the art of singleness. So Daniel, what do we have first to dive into when we're talking about being single? A lot. Uh, no, so before we um, introduce our, our scriptures and everything, I just kind of want to follow up with that because it is really important to, one, bring to light that your single time is really a gift. And your single time is where, if you are called to be married in the future, where you really get to cultivate yourself. And it's a pivotal time for young men that we're just kind of missing. Um, culture right now does not cultivate this kind of the time of growth and kind of finding who you are and what you want to do. And um, a lot of times now, younger people in general, both men and women, are just kind of diving into relationships and and getting married and having kids and then they they realize really early on that there's a lot of growing to do and i'm one of those people i'm not going to sit here and, and lie and say that i had this this awesome long spiritual journey of being single um, because i was also married very young um 
But the difference is for my wife and I, we became God focused very early in our relationship while we were still dating and engaged. And I see other young men, you know, in even just my friend circle who have they're they're kind of missing this time. They're they're missing this time to be single and grow and, and find out what it means to be a man first by themselves. Not to mention all the pressures of being a man and providing for a family and being a husband. Um, so something that I'm going to read real quickly, and we don't have to talk a lot about this one because it's it's purposely from a female's kind of viewpoint. So this is from Song of Solomon 3.5. And it says, Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. And the reason that I wanted to bring this up is because as men and young men, we kind of push females into being in a relationship that maybe they don't want yet or they're not ready for, but we justify that we are. And we're like, oh, we're gonna get married and this is gonna be great. But have you put yourself in a spot where you're ready to make it great? Or are you gonna be another you know, young married couple that is kind of trying to navigate really choppy waters when it could have been smooth sailing? Um, but the verbiage here was really interesting. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires is kind of powerful because it, it personifies the idea of love and it personifies the idea that that connection is not just innate. Some people are not called to the married life. Some people are called to be single, both men and women. Yeah, um, and the mistake that we make is thinking that my singleness is only until I get married. And like you just said, singleness is a gift. It is something that God has called certain people to. So I think for us as men, because we have natural desires, um, you know, in the flesh and stuff like that, that uh, our wives or, or, you know, if you are single, your female friends don't really understand. Uh, I think this scripture really just came to me as, as I was sitting here listening to Daniel. So this is totally a Holy Spirit moment. But I think about, you know, the question could be, how do I pursue the Lord in my singleness when there's so much temptation around me? There's so much, you know, let's just be real. There's so much booty everywhere. There's so many, so many women that, that are just whatever. Uh, but how do I keep my eyes focused on what God has me do in my singleness? And God brought me to Matthew 6, 33 and 34. And it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself sufficient uh, for the day uh, is its own trouble so layman's terms like if I want to figure out if God's calling me to singleness or calling me to marriage or calling me to you know the missions calling me to Burger King calling me to whatever <laughs> like seek first the kingdom of God and I will receive that revelation if I'm a single person, if I'm seeking him first, then the question of should I be married or not is not something I need to be worried about. I need to be worried about am I fulfilling my calling or not? Am I fulfilling my purpose or not? And God will reveal those things as we seek him first. Um, so what do you, I have a question for you though. What, Daniel, what do you think, why is this scripture seeking him first from the perspective of being single why do you think that's so hard 
I think it's hard for a whole mess of reasons. Um, but one, innately, most people don't want to be alone. We, we want some form of companionship. And right now, in most cultures and societies, the acceptable companionship is to get married. You know, and your friends get married, and um, I hope this is something that I don't do to my children, but it, you know, the older when are you going to get married? When yeah. are you going to have kids? Are you going to have kids yet? Oh, I saw that you went on a date. Are y'all going to get married? When you, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressures, um, but it's really interesting that you have that scripture because I was reading through 1 Corinthians 7.32, which is, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord and how to please the Lord. Mm. And they go hand in hand and they tie so well together. And I think that, you know, as married men, we also have a specific duty to help guide single people, not just men, but single people in general. Because if we kind of look in the grand scheme of things and we're just going through our day and, you know, we're, we're listening to what God is calling us to, marriage isn't always the best route for a lot of things. But I think that to do marriage well, there has to be a, a calling between two people. That has to be Christ-focused, not a calling between two people that is very physically focused or even mentally focused. Like some people, they, they click really well, they have an awesome friendship, and society says, if you're really good friends, why don't you try to get married? And I think we've lost sight that marriage as a goal is a union with Christ, not just something that's socially acceptable. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really hard for single people to distinguish that now, because most, even movies and shows and things, it ever, you know, great friendships in a TV show leads to marriage like I always friends I, I love friends and Rachel and Ross lead to marriage mm -hmm. you know they, they just started off as really good friends and that was kind of the the end for them but it's not for everyone right so why isn't it for everyone um <clears throat> because God has called us to different things and a perfect example of this in the Bible is Paul now, Paul wrote letters to different churches and stuff, but a lot of what we have is from Corinthians because let's be real, the church of Corinth was, they were turning up negatively though, like they were turning up in a bad way. And he had to bring a lot of biblical correction to them. Um, well, what we now see is biblical correction. For them, it was a lot of cultural just guidance on how to follow Christ in a way that's um, gonna be fruitful to their growth. Now we see it as kind of like, you know, biblical correction, you know, and stuff like that. But uh, a lot of it is very cultural based and it leads me to this this next scripture that we want to get into and it is first corinthians chapter 7 verses 7 through 9 and i'm going to read a, a couple of different translations here because this is really good and we're going to stay on this for a little bit because we want to unpack this so here we go verse 7 i would wish that all of you could live unmarried just as i do Yet, I understand that we are all this decidedly different, which each, with each having special grace for one thing or another. So let me say to the unmarried and to those who have lost their spouses, it is fine for you to remain as single as I am. But if you have no power over your passions, then you should go ahead and marry, for marriage is better than a continual battle with lust. So that is the passion translation. I want to read one more. This is the message translation, and it reads like this. Sometimes... I wish everyone were like 
were single like me, a simpler life in many ways. But celibacy is not for everyone any more than marriages. God gives the gift of single life to some, the gift of married life to others. I do, though, tell the unmarried and the widows that singleness might as well be the best thing for them, as it has been for me. But if they can, can't manage their desires and emotions, they should by all means go ahead and get married. The difficulties of marriage are preferable, preferable far to a sexually tortured life life as a single now what does all that mean is Paul saying hey if you know if you can't keep it in your pants just get married and now you have a reason to get it out of your pants is that what he's saying is he saying that singleness is better is he saying that marriage is better so in doing a lot of research you know from uh, you know just by reading it uh, at first glance it sounds like Paul is, is saying hey before you lust, just go ahead and get married so that way you're, you're good. But what he's really saying is that the place for having sexual desires and the place for intimacy is within marriage. It's not for the single life. But I love what Paul says here. He says that singleness is a gift just as marriage is a gift. So hold on. If I'm called to be married and I know that God wants me to marry somebody and I'm a single person, then that means I have a responsibility from the time that I'm single to the time that I'm, I'm going to be married. So I can be learning what it means to be a husband until the, the time that I'm actually somebody's husband. I can learn to be a father up until the time that it's time for me to father children. And Paul is more so than talking about sexual intimacy and purity he is talking about your call and your purpose so now if we take a step back even further we can see that paul is really talking about a life decision in this moment paul is saying if you're called to the single life then pursue what god has for you in that singleness because it is a gift that he's given you if god is calling you to the married life pursue marriage because that is the gift that he has given you both is a gift but we have to be sensitive to what god is calling us to now that begs the question you know what you know i'm single you know what i'm saying but i'm trying to holler at these these women like what what then so should i just get married so, to one of them so that way i could do the do you you could do that but i i would question is that really god's best for you you know we can throw the sin word out there we can throw heaven and hell out there but my question to you is if you're a christian man listening to this uh is that god's best for you because i don't believe god would want you to test the waters before jumping into the ocean that your wife is now let me say that a different way. I don't think God would want you testing out different women before you get to the one that he has for you. We talked about it in last season that when you do that, you're literally giving a piece of yourself to other women. So you're robbing her of something that she's supposed to have. So if she's single and she's trying to live what God has for her and you're single and you're trying to live what God's call for you, now that's been corrupted and you're gonna enter into a covenant that's already started wrong. Now that's the married conversation. Let's talk about singleness. There's, I wrote it here. There's so much that you can do. Let me read it how I said it. There are many things that God can use you to do that he wouldn't do through a married person. It's not to say that God can't use a married person, but within the covenant of marriage, there's other things that, uh, that married people are thinking about and going through. When you're being single, you don't have to think or worry about any of that stuff. In many, many occasions, God can just say, go and send you and you could just go and be sent. That is a gift that God has given you. It's not 
bondage it's not chains it's not that nobody loves you it's not that nobody cares about you no god loves you god cares for you and he's giving you this gift so you can impact his kingdom that's so good i love it um so i think something really important to talk about for a couple of minutes is differentiating biblical singleness and cultural singleness and the reason I want to talk about that is because culture says that singleness means you're just not committed to someone, to a specific someone. But why and how is that different from biblical singleness? So like you just mentioned, um, let's go with cultural singleness because that one's easier. <laughs> so cultural singleness means I can go on a date and if the date goes well, then I can have intimate relationships with someone. And it's a one night thing. We're cool, we're cool, cordial, we're friends, we still see each other. Biblical singleness means that that doesn't happen. Biblical singleness spells out that you can still serve that person and you can still minister to those people, but you are not having those intimate relations. And so why is that different and why is that important? Why is biblical singleness? Why does that have to be defined outside of culture? Um, because culture changes and With culture changing we have to be aware of that, but the Word of God does not change. So if I'm basing um, My moral compass or the direction that I'm going in based upon what culture says then it changes like the wind, like the old saints say. Uh, I can't believe I just said that, but it's true though. Like it really, it really can change. You know, every month, every year, every couple of years, whatever it may be, and that may sound like a long time, but it, it can change. Where the word of God does not change, and biblical singleness has a direction on it as well. Like God literally has has put out a framework and a blueprint within the Word that has guided you to live the best life even while you're single and man something else that I just thought about you're really not single you're in covenant with the Lord you're really not single you may not be in a, in a relationship with somebody here on earth but you have a relationship with your Heavenly Father and in that God is guiding you and directing you into your purpose and I think we have to get out of the mindset to answer your question biblical sing singleness is getting out of the mindset that says I have to have someone I have to have this, I have to have that. You don't have to have anything. There are many people that are content with being single because they understand the purpose that God has for them. When we don't understand the purpose that God has for us, I think that's where we, we, we buy into the lie that we have to have somebody to fulfill a void in us that we were not, or that they were not supposed to fill, that only God is supposed to fill. So, uh, you know, it, it, it sucks to put added pressure on somebody that uh, in a relationship that they, they were never supposed to to feel that. And we've talked about that before, but I, I want to bring that up again because, you know, if if my if my perspective of singleness isn't aligned with what the scriptures say, then I will just follow whatever sounds good. Yeah. So now that we talked about all that um, for the married men that are listening uh, I kind of briefly mentioned this earlier. We do have a really strong, diligent duty to our friends who are living a single life, even if it's just for now, and cultivating that singleness. And when I say that, I mean 
you know, it, say you, you have a group of four friends, three of you are married and one of you is single, um, the normal macho dude thing is eventually women come up in a conversation, but in those conversations, put yourself in, in like the shoes of the single dude who is now getting fed this misconception that he needs a woman to fulfill a need or he he he's missing something because he's not married and then i'm gonna go i'm gonna go on a little tangent but it, it full circle so say we're pressuring this friend and he finds a girl that he kind of likes and he is pressuring himself onto a road that god has not called him but say the this female friend of his she is feeling really called to marriage so she in her mind is like okay cool i found my dude he may be battling to really try to fall in love with this woman that he was never meant to cross paths with and you know say we push we push we push they get married that marriage is not going to be as fruitful as it was and say the man that god handpicked for this woman now can't find his soulmate because she was taken by someone else that we forced onto a road he wasn't supposed to go. And I know that sounds very like Hallmark movie. <laughs> uh, but as single, you know, as single men, there is a lot of influence that is, you know, given to them. Um, and then on the flip side of that, as married men, we really need to cultivate them then, what they're doing then. Um, you know, there are a lot of guys that I know who are single who are just kind of like existing almost. They don't really know where they're going or what they're doing or if they want to be married or single. Um, some of them have not even found Christ yet, but it is kind of my duty that if they are called to a married life, I should always exemplify the married version that Christ wants me to be um, and not some culturally deluded version of myself. I want to try to display the Christ for my marriage for those men who need it. And then for the men who are single, you know, they, like Antoine just said, they can do so much more that most married men can't. And that goes back to, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord and how to please the Lord. Married men can really tap into a focal on God that it's harder for a married man to tap into because we're in a covenant of three. Whereas a single man who is called to be single is a covenant of two. And he is, you know, he can really pinpoint the path that God wants him to take. Yeah. And, you know, with, the, with what you're talking about as far as uh, married men being, still being able to influence uh, single men, uh, at the end of the dude, we're all, or end of the dude, end of the day. <laughs> at the end of the dude, I'm a dude. End of the dude, I'm a dude. All day, I'm a dude. But, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, we're still dudes, we're still men. Uh, we still have similar, uh, you know, areas that we could grow in. And I think being single you you have the opportunity to literally just focus on your growth without people leaning on you you know as a as a husband my wife leans on me as a father my kids lean on me and that's a responsibility that i choose to to accept every day but at the same time 
you know, I have to be really creative with my time with the Lord. And I say that on purpose. I do have to be creative. It doesn't mean that um, it's a bad thing. It just means my life, there's other things that are that are, that are happening now. Whereas when you're single, man, you can really grind. And I really, if there's nothing else that, you know, y'all take away from this is that singleness is a gift. I'm going to say it again. Singleness is a gift because God instilled that in you. He put that in you. And married people are displaying the gospel with their covenant together as is a reflection of the covenant with God. You being single is the same way. Your covenant with God is the gospel. Like live it, breathe it, talk about it. Everywhere you go, you can be that example for people. Um, you know, whether it's it's married, you know, married people, kids, singles or whatever, like uh, you, you have the opportunity to continue to grow in such a way uh, that is just a, a, a high pursuit without having to worry about dodging certain os- obstacles. Uh, one thing I want to leave them with, Daniel, though, uh, I want to ask you what, if you could do more if you want to, but can you give us at least like three ways, three practical ways to live the best single life as you're pursuing God? Yeah, no, I threw your curveball. I know. No, it's just <laughs> there's a lot that comes to mind. Um, so I'm gonna go a little personal here. Uh, when I was in high school, my youth pastor, when I first met him, he was a single man, and for the majority of the time that I knew him, he was a single man um, until his fiance came along, and um, seeing him live out his singleness from a young man's perspective was one of the most positive influences I've ever seen a man portray Christ through. Mm. Um, So a couple of practical things that I just saw him do is he always and abundantly displayed joy in all he did. Mm. Even if, you know, there was a day (laughs) where his car actually broke down in the parking lot and he was like cool i get to jog home i only live two blocks away and all of us guys in the youth group were like yeah but now your car is broke and he's like well yeah but i mean i work at the church i can jog you know a couple of days until my car is fixed i haven't had time to work out and so always find joy two is stay committed on your path and i know that's very blanket statement but stay committed if you if you feel that you have a calling to be single even if it's just for the next three years or the next season of your life stay committed to that and don't let the influences of your friends or culture or movies or tv shows whatever it is sway you from that path because there's a reason you're on that path um and three i would say share just share your testimony with people you know i think that they're are certain things that a single man can go through and minister to situations that it's harder for a married guy to minister to. I mean, um, from my viewpoint, you know, of single men that I have seen who really stay committed to Christ, they are much kind of more wise for their age than a lot of married men that I know at that same age because they have really stay committed to their own personal growth because you know and i'm not saying that married men can't do this 
but they get to really focus on themselves and focus on their unity with Christ. And you know they're not they're not raising children and they're not leading their family. Um, you know they're not courting their wife. You know because as married men we're really called to do a little bit. I'm not going to say more, but it's different things. You know mm-hmm. we we are called to our wives and to have you know a bond with them and a bond with our family. And as a single man, you get to do that in different capacities. You know um, you can get a little more involved with your church. You know you have probably a little more free time because you're not. You know, helping the kids with homework at home, and you're not, you know, setting a time that really important, you know, few hours a week to date and pursue your spouse. But maybe you can pour into your church in a different way. And I think that married men kind of have that gift. Not married men. I'm sorry. Single men have that gift. Um, but it also really helps the the married men whenever we see a strong you know man who is called to be singleness and he's living out his life and living it out well you know there's in my experience again you know there's just a little bit of kind of joy and lightness about those men that they've been able to really do that um so i wanted to very quickly go over the the last part of that scripture that you read um and i think mine is the new international translation um but if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So me and Antoine sat and talked about this for like 15, 20 minutes because we were going back and forth, not over what it meant, but the implications of what it meant. Um, and I would say, you know, when we're talking about burning with your passion, that this is really about not burying your calling to be married because you want to be single. Or vice versa, like we already talked about, not trying to make yourself stay single when you're really called to being married, um, because both are a gift. And you know, it's like I don't know. It'd be like it. I don't know. Like it's your birthday, and two people. You know, someone gives you two really awesome gifts, and you don't really know which one to choose, so you just throw one away. It's like, uh, <laughs> but, but what about the other one? Or it's like that gift that you forget about and you never open it. I was going to say that's, ah, I'm just going to say it. that's many of us in our Christian walk. Ah, we're like walking, we're, we're, we're walking gifts that have not been unwrapped because there's so much in us that God wants to unlock. And we're just like, no, God, don't unwrap me yet. And it's like, yeah. God wanted to unlock what you're trying to use right now three years ago. Yeah. I'm sorry. Just when you said that, I was like, ah, um, but yo, that was, that was really good. What you just said. And, um, one last thing I want to say is, you know, with that, get you some community. Married men, single men, you know, if you're single, at the end of the day, your call is God's and he's giving you a specific purpose. So get around other dudes, have community, go to Bible study, hang out with people, live life to the fullest because God wants to use you in every situation that you're in. And a lot of times when you're single, you find that calling that God wants you to have. Yeah. You know, it. I would, if I can speak for myself, it. I, I think... Well, I'll just say it. I wish I would have spent more time in my single years pursuing the Lord. It was more like, I want to pursue music. (laughs) But I wish I would have pursued the Lord. And in that, he probably would have revealed more in me musically than I have right now. Although, you know, God's really grown me over the past few years. I just just wonder if I would have 
submitted to his calling overall instead of trying to just get like a record deal <laughs> how much further would i be along so uh take the time being single like daniel said whether it's for a season or if it's for life you know paul in the bible is a perfect example of somebody who was single and the lord used the heck out of him so don't think that married people have a greater calling than you or that singleness has a greater calling. They're both callings in their own right. They're both gifts in their own right. So um, we want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast. We've been wanting to do something for singles. So this is really cool that we were able to talk about it. And of course, you can hit us on all of our platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, HumbleHusbandOfficial at gmail.com. Definitely hit us up with questions, comments, concerns. Uh, if you want to just give us money because you know what I'm saying like like we, we just we just normal people so we ain't famous or nothing my cash up is at Twan Lee and no, <laughs> so <laughs> this is season 2 episode 8 the art of singleness share this because we definitely 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 want people to hear this um, and be forever changed for us so we love you guys we'll see you next time peace